sadness for bragging about ourselves. We keep it down. Each time we talk about something that I'm winning, you get a slap on the face. Don't do that. So you start to learn that this is by behavior. This is not something that's welcome. This is not something acceptable in the society. So, it, it, so it's not you, you as a human being, you have infinite amount of potentials. And I always describe it as you have this beautiful light and people just keep trying to cover it. And you yourself is trying to cover it, covering that light so that no one else would notice. You keep covering it up. But in fact, you are without all these um, external beliefs and internal beliefs and negative self-talk, you are this beautiful self-animated light that is nowhere to hide. So why are we? I, I think the question would be, why are we hiding our own light? I agree with you. I, I, <laughs> a couple of um, stories that triggered in my head. Um, there are they have, they have this whole thing about there's a time and place for it. And when do we know when that time and place is? Through trial and error. You know, we, we know that there are certain times that you should speak up and say, well, that's me. I can do that. And, and this is how well I can do it. And then there are times when it's like, eh, it doesn't really matter. I'll just let that one go. So, so I, I would disagree with that. Well, well I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna continue. <laughs> the light still has to shine. You're still a human. You're still relevant. Um, it's just a, it, the way the way we were brought up was, be hum being humble means being silent. I that's one I don't quite agree with. Humility doesn't always come with silence. In fact, humility is sometimes way louder than shouting. Just depends on what's going on. Um, there were times where. You know, you have to say, no, that, no, that's me. I'm the, I'm, I am the BA on that one. A BA, everybody knows was badass. I'm the BA on that one. Like, you know, when we were working in telecom, a couple of um, engineers were talking. Uh, one was a field engineer. The other one was a sales and field engineer. So he was both in the office and out in the field. And he asked um, our engineering tech, he says, how good are you at this? And the response came pretty, pretty effing. That's all he said. And the sales tech was like, pretty effing good. He's like, yeah, I says, all right, then you get to set it up. And it's like a quick decision was made and it wasn't bragging. It was just like, hey, can you do this? Oh yeah, okay, cool, do it. To go beyond that though, it's like, if you if you consistently have to say it and you're not showing it enough, um, that might be a bit much. But as far as letting people know I don't think it's, I don't think it's good to, to just snuff out your light and just not at least be present. Is that a good way to put it? I think there's a big difference between being, being, having that big ego versus someone who truly believes that they are capable of doing things and do it really well. Right. And it all depends on that authenticity. How, how are you showing up genuine? Are you living your own truth? If you are really talented and people are going to see people get, get, you will get noticed without even, you know, being seen with the light, you are just shining bright everywhere you go. You're just that light, no matter where you are and versus someone who is really bragging and egotistic and really, you, you're not really there living their own truth. You can spot them out right away. You can spot out the phony right away. 
that's a right? that's a yeah you're when you get to that kind of authenticity now you're just talking about somebody who's insecure Mm -hmm. And then trying to, you know, really build it up so that you believe that, oh, well, mm, maybe they really, really have it within them. But when you go down, really get to know them, you know that they're just making, making, making things up. They're just not really, they're just on the surface level. Yeah. And so you sense it. And, and how, somehow we all have that ability to tell who is real versus who is not. Yeah. It, and it, I kind of wanted to go back to a little bit just where you were talking about the right time. You know, people are sitting there and thinking about when is the right time to show my light. I don't believe there's a right time. Now is the right time. And I kind of imagine that myself, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, is there anything that I would regret that I did not do? Mm -hmm. And so now is a perfect time to let my light out. I get where you're coming from with that one. And, and, and I do agree with you on that. Um, because if we're talking about allowing the light of yourself to be seen, that's not an ego thing. Yeah, it's an ego thing when you push and there's no light there. That's, that's, there, there's, that's the difference. In my mind, that's how I, how I perceive that is your light is meant to be seen. It's meant to be out there. It's meant to connect with other light in this world. Why would you, why would you stop that? And then, and then the rest of it, as you, as you mentioned, coming back with, would I, would, would I re, be regretful if I didn't let it shine? If, is there, if there's something I missed out on, or if there's someone I missed showing compassion to or sharing, sharing a moment with, hell, even if it was just a smile, which I, I always encourage everybody to do. You know, if you're walking, smile. I mean, it takes, it takes a little bit of effort, but you have no idea who you're going to walk by that that smile might honestly just all of a sudden shift their whole being. Yeah. Kind of interesting what a smile does. That was something that I, I got a lot of comment on when I was going through the journey because people would keep coming up to me and say, Michelle, I love your smile. You're so inspirational. And I didn't believe it. I didn't understand why. But you start to see patterns of things happening, whether it's good or it's bad. There's a pattern to everything that we do in this, in this world. Mm -hmm. So something good people will notice. And it's that energy that you send out, right? The, how you influence others, you, how, you, how you treat people. Are you treating them with compassion? Are you treating them with kindness, with a smile? And the more, the more you, you sit down and really do a self-reflection, um, what are what are some good quality about myself? What do I love myself for? What do I stand for? You start having this big list of all the great quality that you already have, and those are your inherent light. Those are the light that you, there's no way for you to hide. You know, there's people who showing up. They always do a random kindness for others, and that is their light. And oftentimes people say, oh, Michelle, you have, you have great, great story. You're very inspirational. I could never be that like that. I often tell people, <laughs> right, Why would right? you do that? <laughs> Why would you ever say that to yourself? Oh. But people say that. People think that way. Mm -hmm. They think that, you know, just because I didn't have, I didn't go through something that's traumatic, it doesn't make me any good compared to uh -huh. these people. If people understood just exactly how much trauma they actually did go through in their lives, because everybody's been through something. You just said earlier, you know, we're, we're made by our experiences. We're made by those we can't connect with. 
It's what makes us. Somebody out there has something that could learn from you, from your experiences, whether your trauma was just cutting your finger or going through a major, you know, uh, a major catastrophe. You just don't know. Exactly, exactly. And, and how easy we put, put ourselves down for the goodness within us. What's a good way, what's a good piece of advice as a coach? What's a good piece of advice? You run into something like that and you're getting into that mental mode. What's a good way to stop running down that road? I mean, because it's one thing to, to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be better today. I'm going to do more today. I'm going to let my light shine today. That's, that's an awesome intent. Set the intention, go for it. But our brains <laughs> have this wonderful tendency to see a road it knows it shouldn't go running down and goes, ooh, let's just go skip a little bit. And after two skips, you're about 100 yards down that road. How do you keep yourself from doing that? Or how do you, I mean, where do you, is it a habit? Is it a trigger? What do you, what do you do? So what I do is I call it the, my top three things. I don't even set my intention sometimes because I don't, I forget, you know, I'm a human being. So sometimes I forget so I'm at good intention in the morning. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I do a top three things. And the way that you do a top three things is that throughout the day, you look for the three things that you are grateful for. It can be little things, you know, I could be grateful for this ear pod mm -hmm. because it allows me to do the connection. I'm grateful for my cup, my coffee because it keeps me awake and keeps me alert. So it could be random little things that you just find a lot of appreciation and grateful for having it. And you look for three. Throughout the day, what you do is you look for another one that you can replace your top three. So if, you know, I really enjoy the computer. I love the computer. It's giving me a lot of uh, uh, access to the resources, to the tool. I'm going to replace my ear pod. So now your computer becomes your top number one. So every day you have three items that you're grateful for. And so what happened is it automatically keeps you looking for the goodness in your life that's happening in your life. And you only have three. That's all it is. It's a very uh, low bar that you can, everyone can meet, right? Mm -hmm. Just three items and you keep replacing it. So you're constantly looking and training your mind to look for the good rather than focusing on the bad. That's a great. And you don't have to keep a journal. You don't have to keep anything. You can just do it as you go through the day on the bus, at work, anywhere. I'm thankful for the bus. Cause the bus gets me to work. That's not, that's, that, and that's oh, simple. Isn't it amazing how in simplicity we find some of the greatest revelations? I mean, I love, I love simplicity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wish the rest of the world did. Hey, everybody back uh, here, Java Chat with Michelle Quay. We we're just talking a little bit about, uh, wow, we were talking, not a little bit, we were talking about a lot of stuff. Uh, but this last section, we we're talking about, of course, what uh, what's in the future? You know, what's coming up for, for Michelle? What are you working on? Um, you do have a book out. Am I, is that correct? Yeah, I do have a book out. Um, I'm working on my second book. Um, nice. Hopefully, it's going to be published. Uh, early next year, I'm in the middle of it. So the launch date would be uh, 2020, 22. Okay. Yeah. And the book that you have now is titled what? It, right now, it's uh, the first book is titled Perfectly Normal, An Immigrant Stories of Making It in America. Okay. And this is, this is a, a, deeper, a deeper dig on what we were talking about in the beginning, where you're from and how you got here? 
kind of thing. Right. So this is a memoir. So it basically oh, summarized where I grew up with and, you know, my family. A lot of it has to do with um, just that internal struggle within the family and also within myself up until I became a coach. So I, I kind of consider it as my letter of completion. Yeah. 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 I was, I was going to say that's, that's, uh, I have a book too, but it's written on a completely different subject. Uh, but I, I've heard enough people write about, write about that, that I might have to start thinking about doing that too, because I had an interesting story as well. The, the book was released when? It was released um, in August 2019. So it's okay. been out for some time now. Okay. And then of course, we'll, we'll have that link down below guys in the, in the comments. So you guys can grab a copy of that. Make sure you grab a copy because I, I can guarantee you the story is going to be interesting. You're, you're talking about cultural differences, things that we don't see here in the States. And then all of a sudden, culture shock <laughs> coming over to this side and going, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. I, just, I was super just, excited to come here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure everybody's everybody wants to go to the U.S. What was it like when you got here, though? I just, I just did, as an aside, just when you first got here to the U.S., what was the culture shock like? It was a culture shock because I I always imagine myself, you know, being like dressing up like American girls and they have like hair all up and very pretty. But when I got here, I didn't feel quite fit in. Uh -huh. like the way that they were speaking, you know, I didn't speak much English and I had to fight in order to get into my regular English class from ESL. So wow. for the longest time, I was put into the ESL and learning, you know, this is an apple, apple, uh, one apple a day keeps a doctor away, that kind of simple stuff. And when I was ready, when I was ready to advance, I had to go into my counselor's office and I had to fight for it and to prove to him that I am capable of speaking English with my regular English classmates. Yeah. And I remember my first book, my first novel in English that I ever read was Madame Bovary. Wow. <laughs> wow. I had to fight for it. So that was another culture shock to me because it, it almost feels like I have to prove to someone that I'm capable of doing things in order to be able to do things. So I constantly have to prove myself to it's, get extra yeah, value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I, I still, to this day, I'm, I'm floored with how much image gets pushed out to the rest of the world of how everybody is so put together and how they look so beautiful and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, I know models. They hang out at home in sweats, no makeup and hairs in a bun, completely messy. They look horrible and, and they're okay with it. And it's, and it's fun because I look at that and I go, if anybody knew how much of a catfish you were, and they laugh and they laugh. And I'm like, it's good. It's not that they're bad people. It's just, it's funny how much gets pushed out to the rest of the world. And when they, they hit our shores and it's like, well, I have to look like this or I have to act like this. And it's like, uh, no, try being yourself. Authenticity, which you brought up. Mm -hmm. and, and how, since then, you know, 20 years later, How's that, how's it feel now? It's not, it's not so, it's, it's not all it was cracked up to be, is it? No, now, <laughs> now, now, honestly, if I can, I, I'm not sure if this is a clean podcast, but you know, so, uh, this is, this is an adult podcast and say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so 
now I walk in and I'm like, I don't give a shit of yeah. what you think about me. Good. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell you, hey, put me in the regular class or I'm going to do something that you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't give a shit about what people think. I would, um, I would suggest you make a move to improve for me because it's... <laughs> No, it's not. It's it's true. I think a lot of people uh, too often, especially the younger generations, and I don't know why they're still, it's, it was that way when we were all young. I, we're kind of close in age. It was that way when we were all young. It was always the, the, the people judging each other as kids. They're horrible at it. I mean, they're, they're very good at being horrible at it. Let me put it that way. And, and it's like, why do you do this one to your peers and then to yourself? You're only doing it because you're not feeling good about you. Mm -hmm. Stop. You know, you're not, it's not going to, it's not going to make it any better for you when you get into the work world and find out that there are other people much more powerful than you are that can shut you down real quick. Mm -hmm. And then your insecurity is just going to get worse. Don't do it. You know, um, it's, it's nice when it, it's, it's weird. We get older, we get wiser and it's like, yeah, that was a waste. <laughs> I think we go through periods, you know, yeah. so every, every 10 to 15 years, I believe we go through a journey of self-discovery. So mm -hmm. every 10 to 15 years, you find yourself at a, at a moment where, you know, the things that used, used to work for me didn't work anymore. Yeah. And that's the period where you start to defining what is it and how can I move forward in my life? And this is where the transition comes in. And so a lot of people ask me, hey, what's life transition? Transition is every 10 to 15 years, we get through that moment where we're trying to figure out how to move forward with what we have because a lot of things that that used to work for us no longer work for us there's a change in value or the priority of our values and there's a change of the way that we think and the, the older we get the wiser we become and some of the things that we believe that we used to believe in no longer holds so you find yourself kind of lost and you don't have a ground to stand on and that's where people start to realize that you know i'm i'm in a crisis right now mm -hmm. so how do i how do i move forward build a new foundation get a new perspective yeah. it's pretty easy but but it's but it's not that easy <laughs> so you have, a, you have a coaching practice correct yes i do <laughs> and, if, and if somebody wants to work with you where can they find you they can find me on my website at elevatelifecoaching.org Okay. And awesome. just, a, just a heads up, I am doing, I am in the process of rebranding. So, you know, the website is not up to date per se, but that's where they can find me. I'm awesome. actually bringing something really exciting coming up this year. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Let us know when the new release is. We'll help promote it. I, I'm assuming you're on social as well. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. Everywhere that you can find me. <laughs> so in other words, just Google Michelle. It, it, you'll, you'll find her. Awesome. Well, or just go to my website that's everything is there fa fastest way obviously is to definitely head over to the website um you all do you, i think you it's your participant your board member of the united nations association and the clinical there you go your clinical pharmacist oh you USC. you're a CAG. <laughs> i am a CAG. oh this is coolness uh, so so what do you what do you do there 
I'm a clinical pharmacist, so I've been working as a pharmacist in the inpatient setting. So it's a big transplant hospital, and I work in the inpatient side. And a lot of what I do has to do with, you know, monitoring patients' regimens and making sure that they're right, getting the right dose, right drug. And we do a lot of counseling for mm -hmm. or consulting for the physicians because, you know, sure. a lot of stuff that when it comes to medita medication, they're clueless. So they, they need some guidance. Yeah. No, no, that's... That it's supposed to be a complimentary thing. They practice it. You guys give them the right, the right medicines mm -hmm. for it. That's all good. All right, cool. Guys, if you have any questions for Michelle with regards to anything for that matter, uh, whether it comes to coaching or showing your light in, the, in a manner that you ought to, make sure that you, you make comments down below. She will have the links to both YouTube and Anchor. Um, and, and easier, go to her website. All of the, the links should be down below in the comments. Uh, make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, I have to remember I flipped the camera now, the subscribe button should be on this side. <laughs> and there, make sure if you're not subscribed, you subscribe and hit the bell, the bell next to it so that when we get another good guest like this, you'll know that it's been posted. You can come back and watch. If you're listening to us on any one of the, I'll just say platforms, I don't know how from me we're on now. Um, any one of the platforms that we're on for podcasting, make sure you either subscribe there or download there. We are on Spotify, so you can find Java Chat on Spotify. Feel free to pull that sucker up when you're when, you know, driving to work or driving home. We try to keep these to a certain level so that you have the time to listen to it. That said, we thank you for making the time and taking the time to come and listen and come and hear something, a different perspective, maybe learn something new. It's all relevant in some way or another. If you got a friend that you think this would resonate with, share this with them. Let them take a shot at listening to it. You never know. It might just make a pivot in their, in their life, in their being, in their journey that puts them on a more positive path. Everything's worth a listen. Uh, Michelle, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with me on Java Chat. Really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed the cup of coffee that you offered. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to make my own brand of coffee beans and start selling it, I think. That's going to have to be the first merch. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, we, we always end this the same. Again, we love all of you. Do take care of each other and take care of yourselves. Stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live. For Java Chat's Coffee with Mike, Michelle Quay. Ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Well, the coach is on the side now. <laughs> <laughs> You should, you should have at least one more person with you, but but still, I, you, I you had a, you had an experience. I mean, where you you got through? Yeah, obviously, did you get a you, you went on a tour guide with the with the the trail up to Machu? I I participated in a group, so I had a leader, a, a tour leader, who took us into the onto the site. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just traveling by myself and I met up with other people who came from different countries. So I met uh, a number of friends from Australia cool. um, and we all end up becoming, becoming friends because of that trip. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
it, it was just amazing trip. And, and I think there's a lot of things that I decided to do it on my own. Um, mm -hmm. I, so for example, when I first start training to hike, Mm -hmm. The first day, first time I hiked, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't mm -hmm. tell my parents. I didn't tell my sister, brother. I didn't tell any of my friends that I was going to go on hike. And the hike here, it's about um, 8,000 feet uh, above sea level. Yeah. And it's about, it's about eight to 10 miles hike. <laughs> and that, yeah. One <laughs> so way. First, <laughs> yeah, one way. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I did it, I had my backpack on. I went out really early in the morning, didn't bother to tell anybody. And then as I was coming back down, the, the idea finally dawned on me. And I was thinking, looking over the cliff, and I'm thinking, oh, holy. <laughs> I could just fall right now, and no one would know that I was here. Yeah. And, and so which brought me to another point that I wanted to make is that from this whole experience of transformational journey, what I've learned is authenticity is one. Mm -hmm. And the other, the other very important value that I have in my life is connection. Yeah. It's a connection with others, our relationship with others, how we see them, how we feel about them, how we judge them, how we, how they judge us and, or how they care about us. It's that connection between one person to another yeah. that makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the fact that we're sitting here and having a conversation, it's, a, it's that connection, that bonding between two human beings coming yep. together, seeing each other eye to eye. Yep, absolutely. And, and that was my biggest, that was one of my big values. I'm sure there's more and we're going to talk about them here a little bit. We, we're going to take a short 30 second pause because you kind of got into a little bit of the inspiration motivation part and I want to go digging on some of that. So. Guys, we're gonna take a short 30 second break. That was, by the way, that's an amazing story. I freaking love that. Just remember next time, tell somebody if you are going out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> try, try to at least let one person know, <laughs> just in case. They were, I don't know. Did you anybody see? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Off the cliff. Off the cliff. <laughs> Does anybody hear a noise? Somebody calling from the side of whatever? <laughs> we'll be back in about 30 seconds, guys. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more with Michelle Quay. And we're back, guys, here at Java Chat with Michelle Quay. We were just kind of talking about the hike that she did on Machu Picchu and the whole culmination of realizations that have been happening in her life and from the time that she was young till today. And we were just talking off uh, during the break about that value of connection <clears throat> and what it actually means for both of us because we look at it from the standpoint of when there's connection, there's, there's learning you get you gain new perspectives you get to see things that are, are that you probably didn't get to see before <clears throat> so it's, it's always valuable to sit down and <clears throat> have a conversation kind of like what we're doing here uh so this is our second section where we get into the the inspiration and motivation parts of things we like to find out you know well there might have been a transformational moment and for michelle it was just like waking up then going all right screw this i'm done and starting to make changes but that's, that's an everyday decision, isn't it? Yes. And in order to make those everyday decisions, sometimes we look to outside sources. Sometimes we look to books. Sometimes we look to mentors. So like, who are some of the people that influenced you uh, in a manner that kept you going and keeps you going? I, I think the most influential 
teacher in my life on my journey would be Eckhart Tolle. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> I, I know he's very common. A lot of people have read and talk about his book, talk about his teaching. Um, but it really made a difference to me when he was talking about how you are not your thoughts. And I was introduced to Eckhart Tolle by a friend of mine, um, <laughs> actually my personal trainer, uh -huh. because I spent a lot of time doing personal training with him and he was really into personal development. So he mentioned one day that, hey, Michelle, you should look into this book. And, and I said, okay, great. I'm a book lover. I, I have like all sorts of book behind my shelf, like where, where I'm sitting right now. And so I said, okay, let me look into it. So I start reading Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And in the power of now, I, I could never get into the new earth because the way that it was written, I love the power of now because it's a more like a question and answer type of style of writing. And a lot of these questions that, that, was, that came up in the book, it was really about my self-talk. It was about the internal dialogue I was having and all these questions to why are we here? What is the purpose of being here on this earth? Why do I have this idea? Why do I have these inspirations? Why, what differentiate my ego versus my higher consciousness? What does higher consciousness mean? So it, it really led me into this discovery journey of, okay, so if I am not my thoughts, who am I really? If I am not this physical body, who can I be? And then so, so I start reading, re, reading more and more into it. I realized that there is this physical world that we all embrace and we all need to function to survive. But there's also another level of our existence that really talk about how you are higher than this physical world. So we can exist simultaneously in multiple dimensions. And there's a big talk about multi-dimensional being where you and I having this conversation, the fact that we're having a conversation here, we already had a conversation outside of here in a different well, world, different uh, dimension. That conversation already went on. And here we are, our souls coming together. We're listening to each other. We're making that soul connections. And that is beyond the physical capacity beyond the physical realm of what we see. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of goes back to my cup where I was talking about the little prince. Mm -hmm. Our eyes can only see what we give meaning to. So there's beauty that's inside each one of us that oftentimes we do not see it with the human naked eyes. So Echo Tolly is my favorite and it really, really changed me. You, 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 obviously opened the door to one of those rabbit holes when we're talking because this goes back to what you do as, as a as a transformational coach what do you see as a trend with the people that you work with I mean obviously self that negative self-talk is once the, the imposter the imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff I, I literally just just last night sent a message to um, a friend who has they're going through some stuff and they posted something that basically said this is this hasn't been a good day um and and i you know what if we're not enough and i i immediately shot a, a a note over to them saying hey hold up one second one that's the wrong question that's an imposter syndrome trying to get you to to believe that you're not this is everybody is enough 
for something. The question is what? Not the question of whether you are or aren't. It's where where is that where is that enough? Where are you enough? And where is it enough for you? Mm-hmm. So I mean, when you when you look at it from the perspective of yeah, there's a lot out there that I may not be enough for, but there's a lot out there that I <clears throat> that I am, and in some cases, am more than. We have this weird tendency as humankind to worry about the ones that that we're not or that are not for us and and that i I just find that kind of odd that humans run that road so often um like you know right now depression is a huge thing in in the u.s um there's there's a lot of that kind of thinking going on i'd love your thoughts and your take on that so i think it makes perfect sense the way that we think knowing that this is how we grew up with. This is a whole set of, it almost feels like uh, to me that you were giving a set of box and tools and resources to grow up with. So the minute that we were born, we were taught to don't climb up because you're gonna fall. Don't do this because you're gonna hurt yourself. Don't go out there and be um, someone who's uh, bragging yourself. The other day I was talking about, you know, what is it something that you can brag about yourself? And I remember getting a comment, why do we need to brag about ourselves? Why not bragging about yourself? Because we were all taught to keep it down, keep it low, keep it invisible, because you don't want people to see you as someone have this big ego. It's all about you, 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 you. That mentality is great because it teaches you being humble. But if you look on the other side, and there's always two sides to every coin, right? So the other side is if that is the mentality, if that is the belief that we grew up with, then every time I'm about to achieve something big, about to achieve something major, that I can actually brag about my, 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 my talent, my strength, my beauty, my light then you immediately shut yourself down and say, don't do that because people's going to judge you. People's going to see you as someone who has a big ego. And so if we keep getting that punishment and reward way of living and and living ourselves and doing that self-expression, then we start as human beings, we learn from our mistakes. Each time people... Who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. This is Coffee with Mike, and today I get to sit with Michelle Quay, who is, as you're going to hear, a really interesting story here. Michelle, thanks for joining us here on Java Chat. Thank you so much for having me. Having me over for a cup of coffee. Absolutely. It's all about the Java. There's, there's, it's just, you got to have it first thing in the morning. Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I liked your little cup too. That was cute. That's a, that was a Santa cup or an elf cup, wasn't it? it it's a, it's actually a, from Starbucks. One year, um, I picked it up during the holiday. It's a fox. Oh, it's a, a red fox. cup. Cool. It's a fox. And it kind of remind me the story from the little prince. There's okay. a, there's a fox from the little yep. prince. Yep. And, and one of the perfect phrases, I think, uh, almost, I, I there's such a such a spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it feels like, you know, we, the fox has said something about, um, there's a lot of beauty behind what the eyes cannot see. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it really summarized a lot of what I was going through in my life and also what I'm trying to do for others so that they can actually see the beauty that eyes cannot see. That is super cool. Um, you're, you're, uh, well, everybody knows how this, this runs. We always start with who are you, where you're from, where you, you know, how'd you get to where you are today? Um, let's, let's start with the, the fact that you are a certified transition life coach. You do help, you do help people get out of the negative self-talk, which <laughs> rampant right now. Um, and, and basically to discover their inner strength and their ability to overcome fear on judgment and things of that nature. Um, but that's a story. That's a story and a journey. How did you get there? I mean, where's, where does this, where does this all begin? It all began when I was in Taiwan. So I was born and raised in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was born in a family where it's middle class, very typical middle class, nothing special about the family, nothing special about my parents. They were not celebrity, nothing of that nature. My dad used to work in the military. So I grew up in a very disciplined home. Oh, yeah. So every morning there's routine there's that we, we follow, make your bed, pick up your bowl when you eat. So it's very disciplined the way that I was raised. Yeah. Um, when I was 11 years old, I was coming off from school one day and I was waiting for my mom to pick me up from, from the school. And when I saw her coming, you know, I decided, all right, I'm going to go meet her on the other side of the street. So I started to cross and little did I know that there was a car coming. And by the time I woke up, I woke up in the hospital bed, surrounded by my parents and my doctors. And, and it was just in that moment, I was just confused and I didn't know where I was and I didn't know what had happened to me. Yeah. So I woke up and, and I was feeling pain and it feels tight. So I looked down and I noticed that from my waist all the way to my ankle, I was uh, wrapped with these uh, plasters and I couldn't move around and feel painful. Yeah. Following that for pretty much the rest of my life, you know, I had very limited mobility. Um, I was able to go through rehab and later I was given a pair of metal brace to wear um, so that the, my body doesn't, doesn't cause any uh, deformity on my leg. But unfortunately, as a teenager, I decided that was not something that's very uh, pretty to look at. It's not something that's comfortable to wear in the summer. So I decided to take it off. And as a re- result of taking it off, um, my bones start to deform. So um, every time I look into the mirror, I see this body of four feet, four inches tall. If I were to stand up right now, you can't possibly tell the difference whether I'm standing or sitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it was not something to laugh about in the past, but it's laughable I, now I, because yeah, it's, you, <laughs> I, I appreciate the self-deprecating comedy because it's 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 one of those things where not everybody yeah it's always funny later. It's not funny in the moment, but that, that's I get it. <laughs> And, and especially after the pandemic. So this is something that we all do nowadays. We go on to virtual meeting, right? Yeah. And when I go on virtual meeting and people say, okay, now stand up. And they're looking at me. We're like, Michelle, you need to stand up. I am standing. <laughs> I'm already up, guys. I'm already yeah. here. So I'm up. Cool. This is it. I'm, I'm, in fact, I was standing. So yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. So it was not something to, that was ple- pleasant to me to look at when I was younger. 
Yeah. And there was a lot of self-judgment every time I look into the mirror. I, I couldn't even, um, I, I didn't like my photo to be taken because that, you know, people were like, oh, Michelle, look, you're so pretty. I'm like, no, that's not what I see. What I saw was someone, someone doesn't look normal, someone who looks short, yeah. someone whose leg is really misfigured. And there's not a single pants that I own in the drawer that was not altered. There's not a single pair of shoes that I wear that was not brought to the shoe repairman and have been put on a little, uh, like one and a half inches tall on my left leg. So it wasn't, it was not a really inspiring self-image that I grew up with. Right. And later going into relationship, you know, that first impression, I want to, you know, go on to this hot day and then just present myself, make myself beautiful. That was not something that I was able to do. I constantly have to prove to the other person that I'm worthy of his love in order to feel loved. Mm. And, and when the rejection came multiple times, it was almost a validation that yeah. Michelle, you were right. You are not good enough. It was a constant validation from all the rejection coming off from people. Sure. sure. And it was just not very inspiring to live that the way that I used to live. Mm. And I felt like I constantly have to prove myself that I am capable of doing things in the world. Um, going to the grocery, for example, I could never understand why people put the essential stuff on the top of the shelf where nobody can reach. <laughs> like toilet paper, why is it on the top shelf? Why can't it just be on the bottom? <laughs> we, had, we had to struggle with the toilet paper last year. So that was something new. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something I'm sure weird. that brought back some bad memories, but I mean, <laughs> and this is something I encourage people to do nowadays. Hey, have you checked your toilet paper supply? You never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> We're stopped. Just, just be clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I lived, I, I basically lived a life like that for the last, uh, for 29 years, um, that way. So from 11 to 29. So when I was 40, um, finally I woke up one day and I guess it was, it counted as a mid midlife crisis, right? Some people go out and start doing something really crazy. I did something really crazy too, but it was <laughs> a good, crazy, good, crazy in a way. And so I woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm done living like, you know, at the bottom of my shithole. I'm yeah. done with this. And I want to have a different way of living and looking into myself. So what can I do? I start right. to look into what is it that I can do? Um, one thing that I could do is um, just see if I can start moving around and losing weight. So the first thing I did is I woke up one day at six o'clock in the morning. I went to the park nearby and yes. they have this trail that takes you around the park. Sure. And I was just on the, on the path. And the first time I, I walked, it was, oh my gosh, it was so, it was such a struggle. Every two or three steps I have to, wait, pause, and start breathing because I was using two crutches at the time. And every every step was a push-up, you know, oh, yeah. a, a lot of upper body um, strength. Yep. So that first time I did it, I was dying. I was like mm -hmm. asking myself, why did I choose to do this? Why did I wake up in the morning and do this? It's cold outside. There, why? Yeah. <laughs> Second day, I did it again. And the third day, I did it again. And it was the fact that I wanted to prove to myself that, yeah. you know, my physical challenge 
is only a challenge if I let it be a challenge to me. That's true. So, so I continue to keep doing it and walking it. Finally, it got me to lose about five pounds um, that whole month. It took me a month to lose the five pounds. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to take it to the next level. I said, okay, so I guess I can, I can walk. So what's my next step? And I decided to sign up to a gym, a local gym. I said, you know, I wanted to work with someone who can help me to kind of amplify this. So I started to work with a personal coach and we got into more physical activity. He started having me lifting weights. And before I knew it, I told him one day that, you know, a lot of my friends came back from a hike, like an epic hike. Yeah. I said, okay, great. Where do you want to go? Like the mountain over here. We have little, little mountain trails over here. And I said, no, I want to do the, the seven wonder of the world. And I said, okay, um, where would it be? And, and I told him, it's, I'm going to Machu Picchu. And he said, he looked at me really puzzled, <laughs> really puzzled. He said, where, where do you want to go? I said, Machu Picchu. Have you ever heard of Machu Picchu? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I heard people um, die on that trail. I said, yeah, that's where I want to go. <laughs> it does happen. That's where I want to go. And okay, how about that start with the baby step? First? <laughs> that's, that's your coach immediately going, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just take the baby step first. I don't want yeah. to die out there. So let's try the baby step first. Yeah. So that whole year in 2015, we start training, we start working out every day. I show up um, to the treadmill every single day, every single day. And I was really persistent about it because I, I was done. I was done mm. living this way for the last 40 years, that not having a goal, not having a direction, not having anything that I was striving for in my life. And now I actually have a purpose that I wanted to have the six packs on myself. Because so when I look at when I open up the social media, I see all these beautiful women. They all showing off their six packs. And there, there I am looking to the mirror. I have one pack. I have one gigantic pack. And, and that's just not a good way of looking at myself. So I wanted to be better. I wanted to have that six pack. So that was something that I had in my mind. All right. I even changed my social media uh, handle to six pack RP. There you go. There you go. <laughs> As a pharmacist at the time. Um, so I changed it to six packs RPH and that was really inspiring. I start posting food. I started posting pictures, you know, my progress and people were just following along with me. And so it got me motivated that I wanted to do something very different. And so by, by the time I, um, actually booked the, booked the trip, it was, uh, September, 2016. Wow. I spent the whole year training, working out. Um, you know, going to the gym, showing up every day, uh, got all um, booze on my hand and finger blisters, but that's okay. I booked myself a ticket going to Peru. And the first two days in Peru, I was so amazed and fascinated by all these new, new yep. things. I don't speak Spanish. So when I go there, I, it's kind of like using the Google translator, oh, I yeah. type it and then speak it to whoever I show it to. Yeah. And there's one thing that I learned on that trip is that, you know, you don't, the, the universal language is not English. The universal language is your authenticity. When you go out there and when you genuinely care for people and you just put a smile on and just be who you are and just showing up, that authenticity is a big attraction 
for a lot of people. It draws people in. They feel connected to you. Yep. So that was the biggest thing that I have learned on that journey is just by showing up, just be genuine and just care for people, listen to them. And so as I was going through the town, I really enjoyed like people were offering me like free tours here. Let me show you this way, show you that. Uh, I went there by myself and it was quite dangerous because it, now that I think of it, because I don't know yeah. anybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought was, you know, I'm Where not, was your coach when this was going on? Hey, hold on a second. <laughs>